0: everybody, Steve with Sense of Fidelity. I'm coming at you on the 18th of April, 2020 with Dr. E. Michael Jones of Culture Wars to talk about the coronavirus, uh, we would say pandemic, pandemic, however you want to roll with it. But to first off start, a lot of people will say there's conspiracy theories going in on this. We're just sticking with straight facts. Uh, the mainstream media is even calling out their own numbers. Uh, there are I mean, 13, 000, 1,300 CEOs resigned uh, before this started. That's on uh, MSNBC. I'll have the show notes in this. Uh, Event 201 was a real thing that happened. None of these things that we're saying is blown out, pulled out from the sky. So with that being said, we don't want anybody just saying ad hominems of uh, conspiracy theory, which basically right now says we don't want to listen to, we want to listen just to the narrative. Anything against the narrative, is a conspiracy to our minds. So with that, Dr. Jones, thank you for coming on to talk about this.
1: You're welcome, you're welcome.
0: Now, what got me was, I was trying to find somebody to talk about this. I've been doing mostly just theological shows and everything like this, but uh, a friend of mine sent me uh, one of the things with, uh, I can't remember who it was, but you brought up New York City and the problems with the air, and that set me off because I, th- I was thinking about uh, Christine Todd Whitman, and I like, well wow, he's the only one that has mentioned that and that makes a ton of sense with Italy, New York and China with the pollution blast. So with that I had to get I had to contact you like hey he, this we're on the same wavelength and all things so please take it away on the beginning middle and where we're at now we'll get we'll do some Q&A in between all that but Event 201, Bill Gates, John Hopkins, you see them all on TV the narrative they're throwing at us 2.2 million were supposed to be dead because of this i live in a county where three people have died i know you yeah. you're in an area where it's about the same right
1: i think it's up to 7 now but it was 1 for a while yeah <laughs> and it's it's not really uh clear that he died of uh, the coronavirus the first man to die was an 84-year-old man who showed up in the hospital with pneumonia And then he was tested, tested positive, and then he died. If it hadn't been for the hysteria in the media, he never would have been tested. And believe me, it's not news when an 84-year-old man dies of pneumonia in the hospital. That's not news. It happens all the time. Right. So, but to get back to, if you're interested in conspiracy theories or the evolution of conspiracy theories, the whole origin of the virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, is a good story to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh I I wrote about this uh originally uh wrote about it in connection with the arrest of uh, Dr. Lieber, the professor of the chemistry department, uh, chairman of the chem- chemistry department at Harvard and all the Chinese spies and uh secret uh Chinese uh army operatives who were working with him uh who also got arrested, uh one guy trying to smuggle material out of uh, Boston. Uh, so the story started to take off. Like, what's going on? Are you sure it's the wet market and not the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Immediately, almost immediately after anyone started saying this, an article appeared on, no, and a segment appeared on Good Morning America. And then that got transformed into an article on ABC. And the title of the article was Sorry Conspiracy Theorists. It's not a weapon, or not a bioweapon, or something like that. uh, Which shows that the mainstream media were interested in shutting down this avenue of inquiry from the very beginning. They had a a particular narrative that they wanted to convey. Uh, Since then, the story has escaped into the mainstream news. So now the mainstream media are now taking this story seriously so, so it turns out that it's not a conspiracy theory, theory, theory after, after all and, and that but there, but there are, are still a lot of unanswered questions, questions. Mm-hmm. So, so just, just today, today I read that uh, it turns out that Anthony Fauci's operation was funding uh, coronavirus research at the Wuhan Institute of uh, Virology mm-hmm. does, does that mean mean uh, mean that uh, Anthony Fauci the, the man responsible for this, this? well Well, it it could but depends depends. we We need need to do some more research research here it's It's obviously it's admittedly it's difficult difficult because uh, not a lot of of people people read Chinese Chinese. actually a lot lot of people people read Chinese but they're they're all in China China. (laughs) the people people over here do not and so it's difficult to do research but one of the story one of the sources I did see was a man who lives in China who does read Chinese and he told the story basically of what's on the Chinese internet which is that uh, they they started, started to do, do the research. research. They, they hired a number, number of people. Uh, One young lady started working there, and there was an accident, she and she got splattered with bat blood or something like that. that. Then, then she, she got, got sick, uh, but before, before she died, she was circulating among people in Wuhan. Wuhan is a major link for a uh, major, a major transportation, transportation hub in China, in China. and, and transportation, means transportation means also international, international transportation. transportation. And, and there is a major link between China and northern, northern Italy, uh, because uh, Ita- Italian sweatshop i am sorry, Chinese sweatshops—have
0: set up operation in Italy
1: so that they can use the made in Italy label for their clothing. They don't, they don't employ Italians; they employ Chinese. And so a lot of Chinese—I've Chinese, heard, heard a figure of a hundred thousand Chinese going to Italy to go to, go to work, as you mentioned three of the major hotspots are also areas where we have major air pollution
0: so Beijing northern
1: Italy and New York City New York City although it doesn't qualify now as one of the worst places in the world it had that unique event called 9-11 during which a cloud of toxic material went up into the air when the building came down covered all of Manhattan and people breathed it in uh, came back to work much sooner than they should have because the government wanted to give the illusion that it was operating uh, under business as usual. Mm-hmm. A lot of people die, impaled that toxic dust. A lot of them died from it. And a lot of them are still alive but with impaired pulmonary system. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, what, so, to get back to the conspiracy story, I think this is the sequel to the big internet battle of 2019. That battle, uh, if you remember, was about who's allowed to go on the Internet? Who's allowed (laughs) to speak on the Internet? And it largely uh, revolved around a Jewish organization by the name of the Anti-Defamation League, who created this fiction called Hate Speech, uh, which is similar to the fiction known as Conspiracy Theory. In other words, what Hate Speech is, is anything that, any speech that Jewish organizations like the ADL don't like Conspiracy theory is any speech that the mainstream media don't like -hmm. so you're dealing with something similar the attempt to I think that the attempt to stifle the internet as a source of independent information failed, and I think this is a second attempt on the part of the oligarchs to retain control to regain control of the narrative which they lost through the internet and I think it's going to fail again I think that it's clear uh, that all of the reporting that made any sense was just amateurs for the most part, housewives, uh, all kinds of people just doing little YouTube videos and spreading what they honestly felt was honest information. Uh, the, the main thing these people had going for them was not, not that they had a lot of money or not that they had a lot of correspondence all over the world. But they were just seeking the truth, which is more than you can say for the mainstream media, who always they, or there's always an agenda there. It's always the oligarchic agenda of the people who own own the media.
0: Yeah, like the uh, New York uh, mass graves they're showing right now. That they're saying everyone's going to these things. That's been open for 151 years, and they bury somebody five times a day there. But yet you're thinking, oh, they're they're having half of Manhattan is getting put there right now.
1: Yeah, so the result is that there's a reaction building now. The the reaction has started. Uh and uh people are starting to the the sky has not fallen and the numbers have dropped down to something that is similar to the yearly flu mortality rates. Uh-huh. It's it's a it may very well have been weaponized, okay? This this is still a possibility. There there's a lot of evidence that there was experimentation for this type of thing going on. But even if it's weaponized, it's still a virus. Mm-hmm. It, it behaves like a virus. It's not a machine gun. It's not a mosquito. It's not a rat with fleas on it. It's it's a virus, and it's going to act in a certain way, even if it's weaponized. And I think the we- the weaponization is, from what I've heard, is uh, moving moving the range of the the uh, spread from an individual from three feet to six feet. Mm-hmm so that makes it more easier to spread but still it's a virus and and a virus is going to follow the pattern of viruses the pa- pattern that viruses follow every year which is that a large group of people uh, are exposed to it uh, most people don't have any type of reaction their immune system takes place it takes care of it some people get sick for a couple days and then recover and then, as you head up the the, uh, the age scale in any population, you're going to the people with compromised immune system, compromised uh, pulmonary systems. Uh, you're going to have, find a percentage of these people are going to die, mm-hmm. but that's nothing new. I mean, right. that, that has always been the case with uh, seasonal flu.
0: Right. Low hanging fruit, as they would say, it's, and then they would try to find more hanging fruit higher, and the virus can't find it. Eventually, just die out round two comes out next year. Yes. Um, where are we going? Uh, the, uh, the numbers, we're talking about the social distancing, things like that. The 2.2 2 million had that in there with that estimate. They, they projected two point million dead with it. You wrote a libido dominandi as porn is a political fear, uh, political control, basically. Fear of porn could be the same way. And this seems like it's almost fear of porn that people are ingesting from the media, right?
1: Well, fear is a powerful force, form of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, libido dominandi is about uh, sexual liberation, passion, using the passion, your passions as a form of control mm-hmm. and, uh, with instruments like pornography, which is uh, dependent on technology. But fear is also a form. It's, uh, let's face it, that's the, the ADL's main, main weapon. They try to instill fear into the Jewish population that, Hitler is just around the corner and this panics them and then they get into a mode where they send the money and and so on and so forth you see the same thing here with the coronavirus and the, the main mainstream media have been fear-mongering mm-hmm. and i think that that was uh, the other thing that's starting to emerge here is that there is a sort of uh, you're seeing an oligarchic agenda now mm-hmm. behind thing. Uh, the the main the main uh point in this oligarchic agenda is the one that's been in place ever since Donald Trump got elected and that is let's remove Donald Trump.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That means uh this is the sequel to uh, Russia gate and then the sequel to the impeachment. Mm-hmm. It is being instrumentalized and being weaponized to get rid of Donald Trump. Now how are they doing that? Well, by maximal maximal extension of the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Maximal lockdown and maximal extension of it. These are the strategies. Uh, why is that well because uh, you're talking the part the people who are most vulnerable here are Trump voters th- this became obvious if you look at uh, Michigan
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah Michigan the situation it, probably the state of Michigan has the most draconian lockdown rules <laughs> in the country probably worse than than California and New York right uh, my, my, my son one of my sons lives in Michigan uh, a lady drove to uh, Uh, Home Depot and bought mulch and then is on her way home the cops followed her and they gave her a thousand dollar fine for buying something That's (laughs) non-essential Well, then what's let's have the list of what's essential. Well, it turns out that essential means uh, alcohol Mm -hmm. uh, marijuana uh, Lottery tickets uh, and abortion Mm -hmm. and and uh, governor Whitmer has said abortion is a life-affirming act Mm -hmm. Okay I don't get it, but uh, if, if the governor says it, it must be true, or is there an agenda here? And that, so I think if we take a step down from the governor, who enforces the law? Who, who is in charge of that? Well, it's the attorney general. The mm-hmm. attorney general is a lesbian. And I know for a fact that she had the support of the Marijuana Growers Association of Michigan. They put her in power. They helped put her into office. Now, when she gets into office she is going to bring her own particular agenda with her okay Mm -hmm. now uh what does it mean so in in normal circumstances it takes prudence to enforce the law Mm -hmm. okay you need even more prudence when you have an unusual situation like a a pandemic which means you have to have a a better grasp of reality a better grasp of reason prudence Mm -hmm. is uh, understanding the truth and then ability to, to act on the truth okay if there's a group of people that do not have prudence it's lesbians okay if they had prudence they wouldn't be lesbians because they would understand the truth of human sexuality they understand that they're violating it and they would not do that mm-hmm. uh, this goes so what does this do I, I, to get back to libido dominandi when you're a throw of in the throes of lust it, it darkens your mind mm-hmm. When it darkens your mind you can't understand reality you can't make prudent judgments and this is what we're seeing. they didn't make prudent judgments they made all sorts of so you're going to have a draconian response to something you're going to overreact because you don't have a clear sense of reality the reality of the situation and when you overreact you're going to go after people you don't like well it turns out that those people are the majority of the residents of the state of Michigan (laughs) they don't like them they don't like them now let's get back to who's going to be most affected by this it's going to be the small entrepreneur Mm -hmm. let's take uh, restaurants for example you know uh, restaurants uh, cooks waitresses the restaurant is shut down, these people have, they're, they're not wealthy people, they if they were, they wouldn't be waitresses, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. They are living uh, a precarious uh, economic existence to begin with, and now suddenly you've shut them out from any type of of uh, ability to earn a living. Mm-hmm. What you're dealing with here are the people who, in many ways, maybe waitress is not the, uh, the best example, but people who are independent contractors. Mm-hmm. These are the, kind of the, the the lower end of the economy, of the real economy, because these are people who actually earn money. So I'll do something for you and you put the money in my hand. OK, mm-hmm. these are the people that are being hurt right now. And I think if you look at the way they talk about these people, these people, Governor Whitmer and Attorney General uh, uh, Nessel, they look upon these people as their enemy. Right. Uh, because probably because they voted for Donald Trump probably because they can't control them and so these uh, every homosexual is a proxy warrior for the oligarchs that's a, that's a fact of life okay one way or the other it's a fact of life but it's especially true if a homosexual gets elected to political office that poli- that lady is not going to arrest drug dealers anymore drug dealers go off scot-free because they put her into office so who's she going to go after she's going to go after normal people Mm -hmm. normal people because she's not normal her her sexual behavior is not normal and so she has a grudge against normal people I did an article it's in a book called degenerate moderns read Mm -hmm. the chapter on Sir Anthony blunt Mm-hmm. And the novelist, English novelist E. M. Forster, who wrote a homosexual novel, which tells you what it's like to be a homosexual from the inside. That's why it's such a great piece, an important piece of literature.
0: Yeah, I was glad that we... Co- a- I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm glad we left Colorado because a Polis, who's also a homosexual, is a governor there, and he, I mean, he's not up there with the Michigan yet on draconian things, but I mean, he's not too far behind her either.
1: No, no. And so you find with people like this who do not have access to logos, who have turned their back on logos, the main of logos that everyone deals with every day is the moral law. Mm-hmm. That's the way you organize your life. If you rebel against that, you're going to, it's going to affect your entire ability to deal with logos, which is the reality of the situation. Ultimate reality, or the reality of the situation, you—that's the way you make contact with reality. It's through your mind, and if your mind is darkened by all of these uh, bad habits, you're going to make bad decisions, and that's what we're seeing uh, in places like Michigan. Bad decisions, one bad decision after another, leading to what may be sounds like a revolutionary situation, because the people are being have sense that they they have no say in their own governance they're getting angry and they're getting uh, and when you get angry you're pushed towards some type of violence yeah. the point the point here is uh, it, the same thing happened in germany okay they have another woman ruler in germany by the name of angela merkel uh-huh. and the germans are felt that they feel that they're this is not reasonable this lockdown is not reasonable. Germany has a very low uh, mortality rate, very low infection rate, uh, probably because of the culture and so on and so forth. The German scientists in this regard are leading the charge on the Internet uh, with reasonable responses to this type of thing. So the German people just walked out onto the streets of Berlin on Sunday. Now, how is the government going to react? Well, the, they arrested the, the organizer, Beata Bonner, and uh, she, according to her own testimony, was subjected to Guantanamo-like cert, uh, conditions after mm-hmm. she got arrested. But then one day later, Angela Merkel says, oh, we're going to end, uh, end the quarantine uh, on May 1. Well, I mean, this is classic, uh, you know, OK, we'll throw the lady in jail and then we'll do what she wanted anyway. Right. And we'll pretend that we were going to do it all along and that she didn't force our hand. Well, we're, we're smarter than that. I think we know what's going on here. It's like the uh, social distancing thing. They tell you, hey, this
0: is worse because we told you that we we saved you from yourselves by keeping you apart. There's a Simpsons video of it where Lisa holds a rock and tells Homer, hey, this rock will keep lions away or <laughs> he goes, Homer goes, can I buy that rock? And she let Lisa looks. You don't see any lions, do you? Mm-hmm. it's the same thing with the social distancing. thing hey how yeah. can we prove that because we told you this will work you buy yeah. the ro- you buy the rock
1: right yeah it was on uh, uh, Sesame Street too Ernie had a, a banana in his ear and Bert says to him why are you wearing that? I have the banana here he says to keep alligators away <laughs> he said there, He said, well Bert says well there are no alligators around here and he said see I told you it worked Yeah, That's, so, it, so the man selling the banana now is uh, Bill Gates and he has come across as one of the most odious people uh, on the face of the earth right now. Mm-hmm. He's proposing maximal lockdown, like we're going to have this for months. Uh, we're going to, we're, and and then if that isn't bad enough, he starts saying, "Well, I have my uh, one of my companies has a test. Maybe you should take my test." I mean, this isn't this a little bit of conflict of interest, Bill? you're using your position as the guru of the mainstream media to hawk your test and then it gets even worse because he says well we should have immunity certificates Mm -hmm. so in other words Bill Gates is going to test you and uh, assuming that his test is accurate he's going to give you a piece of paper and you now have to ask him for permission to go out and do your business well wait a minute who made you king no one elected you Bill why? Why are you talking this way? D- don't pretend that you're just this disinterested scientist here. We don't believe that anymore. And he and he funded seventy eight million dollars to the group that came out with the original two point two million, along with yeah. Event two hundred one as well. Right. So
0: right. he's right. connected from the beginning, before the beginning.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and Fauci goes back too. Fauci has a history as well. Fauci was uh, re- involved in the AIDS debacle. Uh-huh. And debacle by debacle i mean the promotion of azt one of the most toxic chemicals ever created as the cure Mm -hmm. that cure killed a lot of homosexuals and he was responsible for fast tracking it so we need to keep this in mind when he steps up there and starts telling us what to do yeah the
0: robert kennedy article
1: came out was really damning on him but i mean how do you get the normies to read stuff like that well the you're going to find there are going to be two cultures here the culture that watches television and the culture that goes on to the internet that's that's become pretty clear now and uh uh there there's there's conflict here and someone like donald trump is going to have to make up his mind and i think he's heading i think he's heading in the right direction first of all because i think he understands that the fauci gates uh jeffrey Sachs oligarch uh story narrative uh has as its main purpose keeping her from getting reelected. Yeah. Uh, so just a- according to his own political self-interest, he should uh, uh, he should watch out for it. But because he's apparently he's already tweeted now comments about the state of Michigan, like yes. uh, urging the people of the state of Michigan to take back their their government. So it's a it's a real you know bare knuckle political battle at this point between the Democrats and the Republicans.
0: Yeah, I'm for, I'm for more of the prote- protests, as long as they stay peaceful, of course. But I, I've, I remember hearing another blogger talk about it goes, if you need to ask your oligarchs or your rulers to for permission to open your business, to stay open or to have a lifestyle, you've already lost. Uh, one guy I remember seeing, I think it was in Florida, saying he just basically just hoping that more people follow him and just thumb his nose at the government and open up his
1: own business, open, just reopen. See, This is the point. The point we have to make here is that this is precisely the role of the government. The government is there as the intermediary between the oligarchs and the ordinary people. Now, we've, we've, we've gotten used to the fact that the government simply represents oligarchic interests. That's why Donald Trump is in the White House, okay. because most people felt that they were tired of having two two parties representing the interest of the oligarchs. And that was the case. But in in the real world, government is there to mediate between these conflicting interests. And government, many of the main roles of government is to rein in the oligarch. I mean, to rein in the rich and the powerful, because government's the only thing powerful enough to do that. And once the government gets captured by the oligarchs, well, then you're, you're you're going to create a revolution. The people are going to give up. They're going to become despairing. They're going to give up hope, and they're going to start going out and shooting people, shooting themselves or shooting people. And I think largely that all of those mass shootings, we don't hear about them uh, lately, but all of those mass shootings were expressions of despair on the part of people who felt that no one was listening to them, no one represented their interest. They all felt that they were being demonized for being white or, or whatever, mm-hmm. my, mostly being white. And uh, when that they felt that was the case, they went out and started shooting people. That's what they did. So the government plays a crucial role here. Right, right, right. Not saying get rid of government on it. Right, right. We have to avoid that temptation. Avoid this kind of libertarian temptation by seeing the government as the problem. No, the oligarchs are the problem. And the second problem is the government doing the bidding of the oligarchs. And so when you find uh you go back to somebody like Ronald Reagan who was saying that, you know, well, it's you know, government's the problem. Well, no, you should have done something about uh uh the leverage buyouts, you should have done something about all these people wrecking the economy at the time, because but you were crippled, you were intellectually crippled because you always saw government as the problem. Government is the solution to the problem that is the oligarchs. And if it's not acting that way, then the government needs to change. The government needs to be responsive to the will of the people. That's precisely what the Berlin protest was about, because the people were chanting there Wir sind das Volk. We are the people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? That's that's what needs to be restated here. That's what we need to do uh, using uh the the internet as our vehicle yeah
0: like i said down the street i mean the people that are going to open up their businesses they're having to install temperature controls so just to have their doors open they're mandated to have the little thing that you see i don't know if you saw that in china they got an app over there if you don't if you don't if skynet doesn't allow you in you're not getting in whether you work or don't work there um that's they're going to the business is going to have to right. embrace that it's kind of like a TSA all over the place.
1: Right, it is. And uh, what what's your fear what I fear here is a kind of ratchet effect mm-hmm. where suddenly we accept something that we did not accept before in the same way we accepted the the humiliation we have to go through in order to get on an airplane. Mm-hmm. That never went back. No nope, nobody whatever 9/11 was uh, we have never gone back to a situation before that. And again, it's going to be the old banana in the ear story, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because we have TSA, has that prevented terrorism or, or is there so, is there something else going on here? Right. You know, well, that's right. that's history. That's apparently not going to change. Okay. But now we're in a, a new realm where other things are going to be ratcheted into effect here. And that's that's what makes that's what makes me worried at this point. Yeah, you've heard a lot of people say war, this is a war, this is another war, uh, New York City, Ground
0: Zero. A lot of 9-11 language has been spoken of during this.
1: The after effect. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I, think, I think what you're seeing here is you have, take AIDS and you marry it to 9-11 mm-hmm. and you have the corona pandemic. I think that's what we're seeing here. This kind of dialectic in history, which is also a kind of ratcheting up of of this whole uh, attempt to basically get you used to control by the oligarchs that that's 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 what i'm seeing here mm-hmm. now i uh, something i'd like to bring up here is the response of the church here mm-hmm. where is the catholic church here where are they where are they I, I mentioned i there was an article in first first things by a guy named uh, a dominican by the name of white a priest uh, in Rome and he just laid into anybody anybody who disagreed with the narrative the conventional narrative as a, a libertarian a narcissist i have a video on it you can mm-hmm. check it out yeah, on right yeah i email.
0: saw that yeah
1: okay all of this all of these cuss words you know about anybody who uh, disagrees uh, even though there's all kinds of evidence that something's going on here and i said in my video i said this is like this is classic ahistorical Thomism. I just did a book called uh, "Logos Rising," right? And there's a there's a picture of it. And uh, part of that is the whole story of the rise and fall of Thomism in the modern era. Uh, the the rise beginning with uh, uh, Chivalric Catholic. Uh, when uh, Leo, the, man, the man who became Pope Leo XIII worked on Civiltà Cattolica, they worked together uh, to rehabilitate Aquinas. Uh, Eterni Patris, 1879, Leo XIII makes Thomism the official philosophy mm-hmm. of the Catholic Church, and then it comes to the New World, and then it ends up at Notre Dame, the bastion of Thomism, and the chairman of the philosophy department strangle it in its cradle. Okay, now that is the story in Logos Rising, it's a true story, but it doesn't change the fact that there was a flaw at the heart of Thomism, and it's the flaw at the heart of Greek philosophy, which is basically, it is ahistorical. Aristotle did not understand that there was a a, a plan to human history, he didn't understand there was a personal God, he didn't understand a lot of things. And he believed that truth was basically in the realm of the forms and it was eternal and that was that And if you got into the realm of becoming it didn't exist well we're more sophisticated than that now but what you see with this uh, this article by father uh, father white is basically he's using complete abstractions like the state mm-hmm. the state has a right to ensure public order well of course it does mm-hmm. okay but, and then, and the state is basing its judgments on sound science. Okay, that's good. But who's going to determine what the state is, who is speaking for the state, mm-hmm. and who is speaking for science? You're pretending. This is pretend. Mm-hmm. You're pretending you live in this world of platonic universals where there are no contingencies that affect the meaning of these words. That's what I mean by this ahistorical tomism, and the result is that the church is, uh, or de combat, as the French say. It's missing an action. Mm-hmm. Missing an action and basically just sitting there in a kind of supine state of subjection, waiting for the state or some scientist to tell them that it's okay to say mass again. Right. Yeah. That's not a good situation. A couple weeks prior to that, their articles, they wrote
0: uh, First Things uh, Is the church essential? And the guy goes breaks down all these things that are open out of uh, A, B and C stores, pot stores, port, whatever, you name it, and it says the bottom, the church is not essential. And now we're actually thinking of us as not essential in a crisis like this, when the church should be probably saying,
1: Hey, the emperor has no clothes, the church, the church should have some contribution to this to this discussion, especially since it's one of the primary institutions that's been affected. And I think that, that that article you mentioned is what prompted this response by Father White, who uh, thought that was a reckless libertarianism to say something like that. Uh, I don't think that's the case, because what what you see here mm-hmm. is no matter what the cause here, the the oligarchs have imposed on us their vision of the brave new world. And the brave new world is a place where you can watch pornography and you can have an abortion, and that's an essential service, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: but you can't go to church, even though you can go to the supermarket, uh, which doesn't seem to me all that different. Right, you know? Uh, so the, the point, are, who gets to make these decisions about what is essential service? In order to do that properly, you need prudence, and it's clear that the people who are ruling Michigan do not have that prudence that's why there's a demonstration there it's not that these people have nothing better to do the leaders made the wrong decisions because they lack prudence and they should and, and once you make the wrong decision in that mindset all you do is dig in your heels and blame the people it's the people's fault they're all Yahoo's they blame the people of Michigan I saw there was some guy holding a Confederate flag this proves that these people are despicable and they have no rights and they shouldn't be assembling on the streets.
0: And you look on the other side, you get the governor from South Dakota who's told everyone, we're open. We're, I'm letting my right. people live. If they want to, you know, they can take care of themselves too. They, I don't have to be their mom. We're not New York City. Yeah.
1: And uh, the, point, the point here is also is that guess what? South Dakota is different than New York City. I know that comes as a shock to you, but it's, it's a big country. So the question is, I know New York is the most important, it's the center of the universe, especially if you live in New York. But what you're seeing here is generally that New York tries to impose its standards on the rest of the nation. Right. That is clearly what happened with abortion. Mm-hmm. It was the law, Bernard Nathanson talked about this. It was the law, the law was struck down in New York and then that became normative for the entire nation. Okay. That's, we're seeing a, a variation on the same thing right now whatever is good in New York must be imposed on the rest of the nation. And so what we're seeing here is that the oligarchs are resurrecting federalism in spite of their intentions to destroy it. You have Bill Gates wanting to have, he wants to be the czar of the entire world. Right. And he's gonna tell us, give us the test, and he's gonna hand out permission slips that will allow us to go about our business. And for some reason, the people on the mainstream media can't get the fact that this is not compatible with representative government they're, they're, I guess they're not bright enough to figure that out. <laughs> 22 million unemployed, India,
0: I heard you're saying that they're, they're starving in the streets.
1: Yes, yes. In India, India is a terrible, terrible situation because it's always there are a large number of people in India who live on the brink of starvation anyway. Mm -hmm. because uh they have uh, because india is the cheap labor capital of the world and there is no social welfare network and they they cannot allow a social welfare network and preserve their status as cheap labor capital of the world so what you do here is uh narenda modi i I have correspondents in india i've been there a number i've been there once traveled all around the country and uh narenda modi uh And let's put it this way, one of the main uh, beneficiaries of cheap labor is the garment industry, and the garment industry went bust. Nobody noticed it here, but it went bust about a year ago when all of those middle range clothing outlets like uh, Banana Republic, uh, American Eagle, went out of business.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, Uh, at this point, orders stopped going into the sweatshops in India. At this point they didn't know what to do they had a crisis because they expanded to uh, get even cheaper labor and now there's a crisis they knew there was a crisis Modi was in a state of political crisis that nobody over here knows about because he passed in order to stay in power he has to create a, a ferocious Hindu fundamentalist uh, violence in that country against Muslims and Christians. That's the way he stays in power. That's the source of his power. So there were riots on the streets from Muslims who felt that they had just been dealt out of the Constitution, out of the country. And uh, he's trying to deal with that and the bust in the garment industry. And suddenly the coronavirus arrives like the answer to a maiden's prayer. <laughs> so he locks down everyone. Well, okay why did he do that well because he wants a loan from the IMF he wants a billion dollars from the IMF in order to get a billion dollars from the IMF you have to do what the World Health Organization tells you to do which means lock down everybody well you can't lock down people who don't have homes and what you're talking about are large numbers of people in India who live hand-to-mouth who basically don't have homes Mm -hmm. and they depend on the daily labor market to sell their labor and then bring some money home so that they can survive. That was killed immediately. And you put millions of the lowest and most vulnerable Indians out of work at that point. And at that point, if they stay in the slums of Mumbai, they're going to starve to death. So they're going to go home. And so you have this mass migration across India of the people who are supposed to be in place. They are now, if they have the disease, they're now spreading it for all over the place. You know, social distancing. Have you ever tried doing social distancing on a bus in India? (laughs) It won't work. I've been on buses in India. Okay, I couldn't fall over if the bus hit a wall. I wouldn't fall over because I'm packed in there, between all of these people like sardines. I'm like, so obviously it's not going to work, and so you are spreading the disease that you're trying to confine. And so, in order to do this, in order to to keep this under control, he's got people out on the streets. I've mean, probably seen the videos with canes beating people, mm-hmm. you know, beating them to get move them back. They're forcing these people to pack in like sardines, which is the opposite of social distancing. So, so it's, it's a catastrophe. A catastrophe. Now, now, the, the same, same thing, time same time, this is happening. This is happening The garment industry, the the oligarchs 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 that run the garment industry, have just announced to everyone, hey, "Hey, you're going to take a 50% cut in pay if you're lucky lucky enough to get your job back. back. So it was a huge, huge swindle in India, a huge swindle in India orchestrated by the oligarchs, and the pretext was the coronavirus. Yeah, South Africa saw,
0: it wasn't an article, 60 Minutes, the narratives that they were pushing what this was uh, this was a good thing they had cops on the streets the military on the streets beating the crud out of people with their with their rifles you know pulling them out of their homes throwing them on the streets making them do push-ups or burpees in the middle of the road embarrassing them for just going outside do you right do you see any i don't want to say do you see any of that coming here
1: no okay no i think i think we've we've i think we've stopped we, we have reached the point where the the everything is heading in the opposite direction the people i, I uh, Christine uh, I'm sorry Gretchen Gretchen Whitmer uh, announced after ta- after denouncing the people of the state of Michigan as a bunch of ignorant yahoos for uh, daring to protest she announced it's going to end on May 1st the lockdown is going to end on may 1st so I think she's reacting to pressure she has to react to pressure in the same, in the same way that Anglo-American uh, has, has to act, act for, for on uh, to react to, react pressure. to pressure. Now, now uh, what, I'm what I'm trying to try to point, point out here is, 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 if we were all docile, stupid, stupid Catholics uh, of, the of the sort that, that Father White told White us, to be, us to be, none of, of, of this would have happen. happened. I, I, I'm just I'm tired of being of being, of, of ha- being part, part of a religion where stupidity is mistaken for piety. I, I, I just I'm, I'm, tired I'm, I'm tired of it we're all oh, I, I think we're, we're all tired, tired of it we're tired of, of this kind of naive acceptance of, acceptance of, the, of the oligarchic, oligarchic narrative on the part of leaders of the, of the church. church don't, don't they know, know what has happened, happened to the church, church? Don't, they don't they know how they know they've been almost destroyed by this group, group of people that they're people constantly, constantly trying to impress with their loyalty let me give you one one flagrant example what about Cardinal Pell in Australia. In Australia, the Australians, the Australians were, even were even more docile, docile than, American than American Catholics. You know, you know this man was rail—he real, was, he was an innocent man. man. He, was he was railroaded, railroaded by, by the mainstream, the mainstream media. media. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the, the the the, the, the uh, his, conviction his conviction was, was so flawed. flawed that it was was overturned overturned unanimously by the Australian Supreme Supreme Court Court. Mm -hmm. and now now, wait wait a a minute aren't we going to draw some conclusions conclusions here here? let's 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 not let's go before we move on to the next story story, let's let's dwell dwell on on this one a little bit so there was a Australian Dean of the Catholic University of Australia is being interviewed by the info babe on ABC which is the Australian Broadcasting Company and, and she's, she's there going, there going and he says wait a minute going on and on in typical questions and she he says wait a minute let's, let's talk about, about the fact that, that you people railroaded him, railroaded him. and then she, and then she, she gets, all gets all flustered and she, and she starts to stutter, stutter. Uh, but this, but this is, something is something that we need to talk, talk about. about and i and think this is indicative of the position of the church in the world you know we're they're just way these the people who run the church are just, are just way, way too, docile. too docile. They they are they are, the they are allowing the church to be destroyed uh, because, because they're, they're intimidated. And one of the reasons, reasons as I, I said, said, I wrote this book is because, because uh, one, of one of the main, main intimidating, intimidating factors, factors uh, is, is science. science. We've, we've for, for centuries, centuries we've now, now uh, listened listen to listen people say, say science. science is the, the explicator of ultimate, ultimate reality, reality. And, the and the church has capitulated its position. position you know, you know just, just leave us leave alone, alone to, to say the rosary in peace and we, and won't, we won't challenge your hegemony, hegemony over, the over the universe well that's, well, that's not, not what christianity is, is. and, that's, and not that's not what logos is, is. and, that's, and why that's why i wrote the wrote book, book. would well, that be uh, kind of like americanism
0: to its fullest right now i mean the guys that came over to the states they got away from persecution they didn't want to fight anymore they kind of went to get along to get along. And then you can make the argument that uh, the Vatican II Council made Americanism throughout the entire church. And now we're sitting here going, well, we're not saying anything to the state because we're scared. The state's going to you know, shut us down or take away our tax-exempt status or whatever. But in the meantime, how many people are going to go back to Mass after this? The numbers are going to be way down when we even open up.
1: Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But I mean, I can't imagine John Ireland, who is one of the most flaming Americanists in the uh, hierarchy of this country in the 19th century. I can't imagine him allowing the church to shut, uh, the state to shut down mass, uh, to tell him whether he was allowed to say mass or not. Uh, Yeah, you're right. You're right. The problem is Americanism. You're absolutely right. The problem is Americanism. And I think one of the main uh, uh, propositions Proponents of Americanism in our day is America Magazine. It's probably no coincidence that the Jesuits named their magazine America. And what does that mean? Well, it means going along with what the oligarchs want. And the oligarchs are promoting homosexuality, and America is right up there going cheering them on, with people like James Martin, who may or may not be a homosexual uh but he's certainly promoting homosexuality uh and using america and using the jesuit order to do this so that's part of the problem here the part of the problem is that as with the uh you know the the michigan for example You, women uh, uh, okay, it's a great blow for freedom that a woman can be governor but it turns out it's not just any type of woman, it turns out that they prefer women who happen to be pro-abortion and say things like abortion is a life-affirming act mm-hmm. how come those people end up uh, being uh, getting elected to office how come, how come it's a lesbian who became the attorney, uh, well because they fit in with the oligarchic agenda which promotes abortion and promotes lesbianism as a way of Using, using these, people these people not to represent, represent their, their, the the people of their, of their state, state, but the oligarchic impose the agenda, impose the oligarchs' agenda on the people of the state, rather than representing the people of the state, the of the state, and, protecting of the state and protecting them from, them from the oligarchic, oligarchic agenda. agenda. That's, what, That's what, we're what we're seeing here. I've been telling
0: people long before this that they need to, instead of you know you know,
1: not just complain
0: about the governments all the time, but actually run for office, get virtuous men into running for office. Getting into these seats and changing things from within, you know, that way we start getting Catholics motivated. I know Pope Francis even talked about that at the beginning of his pontificate
1: to get involved
0: in politics. You don't see many.
1: We, g- listen, we have we have Catholics all over the political oh, uh, field. I understand. You know? I understand. Nancy I'm talking Pelosi's about good guys. A Joe, Joe Biden's a Catholic. I'm, What's going on here? I understand that. I'm talking go about go guys here. that actually
0: have virtue, not Biden. <laughs>
1: Uh, you can't be a Catholic and represent the church's position and get elected to office in this country. It's, it's, it's that simple. It's that simple. And something's going to have to happen in order to end that situation. And uh, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know.
0: So just the closing thoughts on things. So promote your
1: book a little bit. Um,
0: obviously, I'm one of those guys who would tell everybody to buy everything you've ever written. Uh, the books are fantastic. Thank you.
1: Thank you. you. Well, this is the latest, and it's the latest, and it's basically what I was trying to tell you today. It's you can go to buy it at CultureWars.com. The ad will pop up immediately when you go there. And I'm just saying, you know, logos is the foundation for representative government. We think people. Why do we think that people should be able to determine their own form of government? But because they're rational creatures. And, and rational, rational creatures, creatures uh, you if you do this in your life by conforming your life to the moral law, then you should be able to do the same thing about government. Of course, if you don't, if you're, if you're a slave to your passions, well, then you're going to wreck the government as well. But I mean, it's, the possibility is there. And I'm saying we don't need... Look let me put it this way, even if you have all the scientists in the world and they're all saying things something to you and you're the king of the world and have the, all the political power you need, you're still going to need logos to decide between this scientist and that scientist. Mm-hmm. You know Because you're invariably going to have com- competing narratives and you have to make that judgment and that's how you do it. and that's why this is important because it frees people up uh, from the tyranny of the scientist.
0: I thought it was something when uh on that t- on that line I thought it was something that Cuomo came out saying we did this not God. Did
1: you see him? I'll give, give me a Did you see break. him say that? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 he's notorious for hating Catholics. Yes. He told any he, he said at one point uh, a couple of years ago he said uh, people who don't support abortion should move someplace else. Yeah. Yeah, I never seen that. Uh, that would depopulate your entire state, fella, except for uh, the uh, Greenwich Village, probably, and the Upper uh, upper West Side. But anyway, that's another another story. I understand.
0: This is- anyway, Dr. Jones, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. Bye.